Welcome to It's Karmic. I'm your host, Mika Bradford. This is a sacred space to connect with karma and past lives through astrology, energy work, and intuition. Hello and welcome to the It's Karmic podcast with me, your host, Vika Bradford. I am joined by someone that has come into my life pretty recently, but there was like an instant connection. I feel like half the reason I was in the mastermind was to meet you, Nikki. Uh, So today I have Nikki White with me here and she is so many things that I'm going to get her to tell you what those things are. Um, Nikki, tell us about yourself. Okay, so thank you for having me, by the way. (laughs) And yes, half the reason I was in that mastermind was to meet you. So it goes both ways for sure. Um, So me, I am Nikki White. I am first and foremost, a priestess of the Rose lineage, which is, is a lot of a lot of my identity, I guess I would say, in in the most healthy way, I think. (laughs) A lot of um, reversal of old identities to get there, but you know, that's how it goes. Um, I am also a coach and a healer, a teacher, like you said, many things, but they all kind of, you know, lump into the same thing. And we go deep in my world we we go deep we unravel we find clarity we alchemize put it back together and come out into the world again as a new person so yeah i think that'll that'll do it for for my oh, and it's so good <laughs> your 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 stories on instagram when you're talking about the priestess like the things you say Um, Just to preface for you guys listening, we were in a mastermind recently with Jessica Rose and just like the, the information that would come out of your mouth when we would be talking about like the priestess, about the goddesses, about just like stuff. I was like, wow. And Jessica would comment on like your wealth of knowledge, uh, which is vast, right? And it's so beautiful because you are just this like encyclopedia. (laughs) of of, like the priestess of goddess of divine femininity and of so much more Uh, so I've enjoyed just what witnessing your divine channel over the last I don't know I guess three months Mm -hmm. we just finished so three months I've just been witnessing your divine channel being like god like there is power here and that makes sense because your eighth house has got all the stuff in it, right? Yeah, yeah. For, forget it. Yeah. <laughs> forget it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So for people on here that are mostly astrology lovers, um, tell us, uh, I would like to ask this question, but sometimes I forget to ask it. So it's in my mind. So tell us, A, your big three, and then the last point being what you think is the most important or favorite point of your astrology. Ooh, my favorite. Astrology is my favorite subject. I get so excited by it. So I am a Taurus sun, a Libra rising, and a Virgo moon. All the three very heavily uh, feminine (laughs) (laughs) signs. Yeah, especially, you know, think about it little bit more esoterically or a little bit more uh I'm a I'm also a divine uh historian I love mm. history and yeah so when you start layering all the pieces of that 
it makes total sense to me why I do what I do now. <laughs> like, oh, okay, that makes so, so much sense. And the most, I think, defining part of my astrology chart is my yod that points to the sun in the eighth house with four, five, six or so planets around. I forget <laughs> exactly how many are you would think I would know this, but there's a lot of asteroids that get involved and I get confused, but at least five planets are around the points of the odds. So it's been really, really challenging, but also a part of my karma here in life. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And that, and you, your Chiron conjunct your son too, right? If I'm remembering correctly. You are remembering. In that yacht. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's so much work around the divine feminine for you, right? Like, like literally your chart is like funnel it here. <laughs> it all funnels there. Even the pieces that aren't in the yacht are still funneling into the point. And it's like, okay, I get it. I'm here <laughs> to be the healer. Okay. Or to heal myself first. And, you know, mm. Yeah. eventually you know it feels good though to be on the mastery journey you know instead of the what I used to feel as like the victim of all of the stuff happening right. in my chart mm, and now house could go either way right it could be the power but it can also be the disempowerment yes and I think a part of my whole life karma is to literally <laughs> like experience all of it so uh, yeah it's an oh. interesting yeah I uh thank you for sharing because I I love that little like you know me eighth house I'm like I'm in Scorpio I'm in Pluto I'm in so I love seeing this and talking about it and then seeing it ripple through your intensity and your work and your magnetism right like there isn't it's not a coincidence that you are potent because that's just where your energy store is in potency and divine feminine yeah yes there's a lot of um power struggles and power and empowerment I guess I would say on both sides of this so it's it's been quite the quite the journey but you're right there's no accidents and there's no of course like now that I do this I go of course of course Mm -hmm. this is what I do like and it's not even like I should have been doing this all along it's like (laughs) no like of course it was supposed to be a journey. Of course you were supposed to, I don't want to say end up here because I don't believe we're all, there's like one destiny, right? Yeah. But at least this why I'm here right now in mm-hmm. this place. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in speaking to that, how did you stumble on the Rose lineage priestesshood? Like all of, how'd you get here? good question um I don't even I don't even really know it was one of those forces that just drove me I was not driving I was not I was not driving (laughs) it was like whoop end up there ever since I was a little kid I was obsessed with the truth about ancient everything like I wanted to know the real truth and I came into this world with an understanding that even just talking about, let's talk about Jesus for a minute, like that, that what we know of what's in the collective consciousness, that there's more. And I never went to church in my life. My parents didn't bring me to church. And I grew up about a hundred yards away from a church. 
And so I was just like, every day I would sit in my backyard and like stare at the church's backyard and just be like, I want to be in there. I want that. I want to be a part of this force that I feel like divine force. And it stuck with me my whole life. And then when the priestesshood came about in my awareness, um, I was like, that, that's it. Right. Like, cause I thought I couldn't be anything. Cause I was a woman. I was a girl, right? Like there are only priests, only men did that work. And there's no real work for women in that way. When I was, you know, a kid, when I thought about it from a kid brain. And then I would, you know, I got into coaching, like, I think it was around 2012, I did my coaching certification. And I was like, this is it, this is close enough. This is me, I can be a spiritual guide from this vantage point. And it wasn't enough. I was like, no, like, th this is great. This is a really good tool for me to use, but it's, it's not me. It's not, it's not, I'm more of an activator. And a, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a clarity helper giver, and it has a very spiritual kind of lean to it. And so asking the coaching questions just wasn't getting me the results for the people I knew that they wanted as well. So mm. not deep enough. It wasn't deep enough. It wasn't mm -hmm. eight house and eighth house enough. It just was not. And I had no idea at this time that I was so heavily scorpionic, like my whole life. It makes so much sense when I look back at like my life and like, oh yeah. No wonder why I've been obsessed with death since I was like five. <laughs> yeah. The only kid ever that's like thinking about death and wanting to know what happens when you die. <laughs> weird I was a weird kid man um yeah so then I I finally was like no I want to be a spiritual leader guide and priestess was the thing that fit for me the best I love it I still can't find a better word and nobody knows what it is and I still mm. can't find a better word for it. it's I think it's a great word anyway um just because because of how lost it's been, like the, the word priestess, the divine feminine, even having a role in spirituality or what we are force fed to believe spirituality is through like convoluted religions. Um, I think the word is so lost. Like when I think about like the priestesses from before, like in ancient times, right? Like the priestess was one of the highest ranking officials in the entire kingdom. Yes. And yes. it's been so lost. Um, so I do think that it is such a beautiful word to kind of see come back in the world. Yeah. 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 It's sometimes it's a bit tough to be the, I'm not the first, but you know, there's <laughs> a, it's a, it's a wave that's building. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. kind of at some point, a little bit difficult when you, people want to know what you are you have to also have a word that they understand what it is too totally um but yeah it, it, to your point if you walk around the metropolitan museum in new york city and you go through the egyptian section everything is masculine everything even the parts that are blatantly not masculine are still masculinized or or 
within the, the patriarchal lens. And they mentioned priestesses like in this. So you're in this like straight away and off to the side around a fake wall. There's, there's literally a corner that's like this, like for the people listening, it's like not even a 90 degree corner. It's like 45 degrees, this little tiny thing. And there's one or two plaques on the wall that are like completely inaccurate that uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't know. I get really like, <laughs> a it's okay. We need it. We need the, yeah. uh. was it you who posted the meme the other day about the cucumber sculpture? Yes. <laughs> okay. For those of you listening, yeah. she posted a, a meme of an ancient cucumber uh, sculpture, sculpture from ancient times that was clearly a dildo <laughs> clearly. like clearly it was a pleasure tool um because I opened that story and I was like oh ancient pleasure tool and then I saw the top of it that was like <laughs> cucumber model or whatever a cucumber model yeah because that's what we're doing even even to these days we're making cucumber models we right? make them we're all like, the time that's yeah, literally that's, when they they dig up I my obsidian cucumber. wand they'll be like ah eggplant model like <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I got to know like, that. how are they justifying that in my like that's what I'm thinking. Like, Seriously. And and wow. you made a good comment on like through the patriarchal lens, sure. It's the model yeah. of a cucumber. But if you look at it through maybe the matriarchal lens, we all know what that is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to get real deep, real fast, some, some yes. people <laughs> think, or they don't think they've done research and it's very esoteric. So the science isn't behind it yet, but some people have a theory that mother Mary, the Virgin Mary used a divine pleasure tool to help invoke the spirit into her body in order to become pregnant with Jesus fascinating yeah so it probably wasn't even just air quote a pleasure tool even though it's very important like it could have been I mean wands were used all the time in mm -hmm. in ancient cultures you know to move things and sound yeah. resonance and yes just yeah. so much more than we have today or have knowledge of today and so have you read the book um, as I look at my shelf, Initiation by Elizabeth Hayes. No, if you haven't, you have. I'm. Also, I'll send a picture to everyone listening. Um, okay, yeah. so this book I picked it up years ago accidentally. It had a an Egyptian like kind of ISIS like thing on the front, and I was like, oh, fascinating. It is about um, a past life remembrance of this woman, Elizabeth Hayes, um, remembering her initiation into the priestesshood in Egypt mm. and how she remembers like the elongated skulls. She remembers, I have chills talking about this. Um, yes. And this book was written in like the fifties or something. Okay. So like before people talked about this stuff, um, she remembered the movement of items through the mind mm. through like mm -hmm. matter moving matter with your mind, how they didn't you they didn't lift things up. They moved it with their minds um, and how they were from, they were essentially from another realm world. I don't know. Um, and they came down and had to breed with humans and it's a wild book. Um, and it just made me think about what you were just talking about there. Like, like we didn't, 
humans are more powerful than we believe we are. We've just yes. lost the connection to it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's why all these activations that we do, the new DNA activations, the light codes, they all sound like mumbo jumbo, but it actually, they are reawakening bits of us that have been so suppressed in order for us to know our true power. Yeah. Okay. And it, yes. We got to go deeper into this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So tell us about I don't even know where you want to take this, but like in the Rose lineage, like what are you activating within people? What's happening when you are taking people through this? Okay. So Mary Magdalene. So, okay. Preface this. I'm a channel. I channel in writing and I also vocally channel and a part of what my work has been focused on lately is channeling a book, which I didn't know what I was doing. I just <laughs> sat down and I was like, I have wanted to write a book my entire life. Literally my, my guides came to me when I was very young and was like, write a book. This is what you're supposed to do. And these, these words were not what they said. It was more of like just a big, massive feeling aha moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm channeling this book now. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm sitting down writing And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to even try to write this myself. I'm going to open up the channel and I'm going to let it out. So the Rose Collective is what they call themselves, almost like an oversoul. The Rose Collective comes through. They tell me things. I type them down. And so a part of inside of this rose collective to me it in it my, when i envision it it looks like a massive thought bubble like a massive thought bubble like bigger than this whole universe like <laughs> just insanely huge thought bubble and then you know like a thought bubble will come and it like make a point right above your head and then like kind of channels down into you that's what it feels like and at that point where it, it enters someone's head whoever's channeling is like the veil between here and there. Hmm. So a part of this entire big mass consciousness of the Rose Collective lives all of the other aspects that have ever been incarnated on earth as a part of this Rose lineage. So that would include people like Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, Hath Shepsut, you like every, I just got major chills saying that one. Um, <laughs> she's a powerhouse, man. When she comes through, it's like, we'll get, just shut up and get out of the way. <laughs> She'll take you out. Isis, anything that you've ever heard in terms of goddesses will really live inside of this collective. So aspects of them live up there. And so when you asked me, what am I activating in people? Mary Magdalene immediately was in me wanting to speak. So what she's wanting to say is when, when you work with, so, okay, when you work with me, this is what you get, right? But then there are many other Rose priestesses that do other things that activate other things. So with me, Mary Magdalene is very strong. She comes through and she's like, we are the watchtowers. We, that's literally what her name means is the, the watchkeeper of the flock is what Magdala means. Mary itself is also a title. It's a title for a priestess in, mm. in this Rose lineage, which is why there's so many Marys in the Bible. Interesting. It's not, it's not just a name. It's a title. So when she is here, she wants 
your listeners to really know is that what gets activated is in them is to become that nurturer, that watch keeper, that teacher, the one that knows it has more work to do in terms of mothering is what I'm, what's coming out, but she doesn't mean only just like having a baby and being a mother, but the nurturing that comes from it, the watch keeper aspects, kind of like the gatherer, the one that is there to hold space and nurture. So we are activating a lot of that in people in my world. And Mm -hmm. so if you go to another Rose Priestess, you may get activations in terms of sacred sexuality, because that's also another really huge part of this. for me, when you're coming, when you're coming into me, you're getting activated through awareness and knowledge, new knowledge you've never heard of before, knowledge that puts things together, pieces. So right before this call actually scared the living you know what out of me. I don't know if you do swearing on you this. Can swear <laughs> away. Swear all day. Scared the fuck out of me. Um, <laughs> I open my purse. I have the tiniest little purse. Like I don't love like big bags. They're just like not my thing tiny little purse with one little flap that's it and inside of it was a giant white spider and I was like ah (laughs) and like threw the bag the white spider is there to remind everyone to remind me that we are weaving the web of wisdom we're re-remembering we are bringing together the members of consciousness the lost little bits of consciousness all around the world and weaving it back together in the web. That I think would cover what <laughs> I activate in, in the, within the Rose lineage for people. I, okay, I, so many things. A, the spider, mm-hmm. Virgo, Virgo, like when I'm working with my Virgoian people, like I'm working with the spider. Um, she weaves, right? She sees the flaws in her web, in the web of the universe, and she fixes them. She she weaves. Yeah. Another thing, um, this must have been two or three years ago. I want to say two years ago, um, when really Hecate started working with me and goddesses like Kali's always been my girl, and then Hecate came in. This was a little bit before Lilith, and. Um, spiders everywhere so spiders are one of Hecate's I don't know messengers I guess I didn't know this at the time and I spiders I'd be just sitting there and a spider would just come down beside me I'd be like I'd be working on something spider across my hand sleeping I would wake up to the sensation of a spider crawling across my body turn on the light there he is like she Uh let's say she is like spiders everywhere to the point where now, and I used to be terrified of spiders. Now mm-hmm. I see them and I'm like, hi, like you're back. Another one, right? Yeah. Um, because they just wouldn't stop. It was like I had to go through some sort of like trauma therapy with them. Of like, What is it called when they, uh, immersion therapy? When immersion they- therapy, yeah. <laughs> I had to go through an immersion exactly. therapy. <laughs> and like, it was in, in this time where like she was coming through so strong of, the weaver and the yes. also death and rebirth and like mm-hmm. the feminine process was coming up through me so so much and spiders spiders guys if you're being stalked by spiders 
do not kill spiders. Don't kill them. They're Don't. they're friends. Yes, they're your they are your they're your signal. Like, hey, it's time to get your witchy on. Like yeah. this <laughs> yeah. time. You know, it's the divine feminine wisdom that comes with the spider. Yep. And that's exactly what I, I Googled when I was like, what does this mean? And it was like divine feminine wisdom. And I was like, okay. Yes. I'm listening. Yes. Right? Yeah. Wow. Yes. But it still freaked me out because I was. Oh, of expecting. course. You're never ready for them. <laughs> never ready. Especially when they're like huge. We have black widows here. I don't know if you guys have them. Yeah. Um, knock on wood. Don't see them very often, but they're here. Okay. Yeah. We have them all the time here. And every time I'm like, you're so beautiful, but like, get the fuck away from me. Like, mm-hmm. I love you. Get the fuck away from my dog. <laughs> yeah. I, it's the dogs. I always worry yeah. about my dogs. That's what it is. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, wow. Huge, huge activations. And this is so important for, I think, where we're moving as a collective. Um, yeah. And it's interesting too, because the feminine right now is, it, I think it's under attack again. Um, I don't think it ever stopped being under attack. I think it just, the, the way it's being attacked right now is a new version. Um, and I think it's because the rise of the feminine is becoming so potent, mm-hmm. right? And so when mm-hmm. you're seeing like the people coming to work with you, the people that you're, that are drawn to you, um, like what is it they're looking for most times, like in, in awakening the divine feminine? Honestly, the the way that most people come into my world is through deep emotional trauma. So they're not exactly looking for divine feminine activations or wisdom or knowledge. They're looking for help. Mm. They're looking for comfort and they're looking for clarity on their own inner world. Right. And so we do all the shadow diving and soul spelunking that I like to <laughs> like to call it soul spelunking yeah I love it we dive down we do the thing we alchemize we come yeah. back and we learn that our power is in our pain yeah. and that a lot of our contribution can actually come from the pain because a lot of people want to know what their purpose is and obviously that's a a term I like to be careful with right because that would mean that you only have one reason to be here Right. But many people have, there's a connection between their deep emotional trauma and needing to find their purpose. And it's kind of all woven together. And so when we alchemize a lot of the stuff that happens in the, in the shadows, it becomes a part of their power. And then they get, then they start to understand the importance of all the divine feminine aspects because she is the alchemizer. So we have to use her in order to alchemize the pain. We have to understand what unconditional love means. We have to understand what forgiveness feels like so we can evoke it all the time. Mm. You know, like forgiveness ends up being one of the biggest ways people spiritually bypass because they just go, I'll just forget. I'm good at forgiving. I'm just going to let it go and forgive it. And then that residue sits inside forever and ever and ever. And it becomes a big black hole inside of you so there's so many ways the divine feminine helps us heal 
she's the healer. She is the alchemist. So we start there. And then once people see the power of divine feminine aspects um, and characteristics and how they can be so helpful, then they rise up into their priestesshood. Wow. And they keep going. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I feel like most women, at least that are on this journey are doing that. Like even unconsciously, I think I've been doing that unconsciously. Um, And it's interesting to see like the more you heal, the more you're ready to step into like being that priestess. Yeah. And, and the little bit of the issue is like, I want to just go be that. Yeah. Go do that. And so you try to like masculinize it by making a process on how to get there. Right. Instead of just being, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I feel that. I feel that definitely at the start of my journey where it was like, I just want to be a heal. Like I am, I am a natural healer. Absolutely. But like, Mm -hmm. I just want to be there. Right. Um, and then 10 years, 10 years in at this point, um, it's just like, no, there was so much of that shit. I had to burn away or honor or love or forgive or like purge, as you said, to get to even where I am now. And like, who knows if, like who knows what I'm going to be or what you're going to be in 10 more years, 20 more mm-hmm. years, right? Like that level of wisdom that is born through the process. Yes. So you, it's like when you look at, it's like when you look at a star, it's really hard to see, but when you can look at it indirectly, you see all the little stars that are around it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you have this like purpose that you have to be and you like go straight toward it and you make a process and it's rational and logical, yeah, it's so much harder to get there. There's so much resistance in the way because you're not dealing with the resistance that's in the way. Right. Right. And then when you deal with the resistance by kind of doing the whole side glance at the stars type of thing, instead of directly at it you start seeing all the little avenues that branch off from where you are that need to be looked at. Mm. And it all comes back to love. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yes. And you've been talking a lot about love. Um, Basically like since I've been engaging with you, love's been such a big topic Mm. coming up, like pure unconditional love. Um, You posted a story. What was it? Maybe a month or two ago about love. And withholding love. That's what you were talking about. And I was like, damn, like, damn, Mm -hmm. that got me right in the heart chakra of like withholding love out of fear. Yeah. Yeah. It's not expressing your love can cause so much strife inside your body. Just as if you held on to too much resentment or you held on to too much anger, holding on to your love will do the same damage. Love is the force of creation and you you hold on to it too much. You're not using the force. Right. So that force manifests itself in other ways that are probably less desirable than if you only would have had expressed your love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's not easy. I don't say this from a tower. Trust me. I'm like, like, these are all things that they, I go through the shit and then I have a learning about it, you know, and then I can talk about it. 
Right. And yeah, part of my karma, I think I is to, you know, go through the shit first. Yeah. Chiron, (laughs) Chiron and the ape. (laughs) Um, yeah and my like six retrograde planets so yeah redo (laughs) redo Redo life (laughs) oh my goodness so okay so for anyone listening that wants to kind of start or or maybe has felt that call into the divine feminine but doesn't really know what to do with it or like how to begin uh, what would you say would be a good starting point for someone that is completely new to this I'm going to tell a little tiny story. It's not really a story, but a little analogy here. Okay. So if we're going to go with the whole Mary Magdalene and Jesus partnership. Okay. These are, they're going to be the archetypes we use for this. So Jesus is, we call him the son, right? He's the son of God. He's also the S U N. Mm. He's the actual son. He's that's why we say son. He's the son. He is the right hand. He is the ascension, right? Jesus did his thing. He died. He ascended, right? That was his whole spiel. Mary Magdalene is the left hand. She is the descendant. She (laughs) descends into the underworld, right? And think about the sun every single day. The sun is up and then it must descend into the underworld to be transformed into something new to become another day, right? If you are new to this path, it's to me, the very first step is to always go down, go down into the underworld, go with Mary Magdalene down there, be the left hand of this path. It's all it goes deeper than Jesus and Mary Magdalene. It's, it goes well into the, the beginning of time, really, this Rose lineage. The Rose lineage holds the secrets of the, the time, of all of time, right? All of the force of love that created all of this. But they are great archetypes to use to dig into it. And they are the cosmic Christ, both of them. Sophia Christ, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Sophia is the mother goddess she is the the ultimate everything was born from her darkness everything was in her darkness first right then we have the big bang boof everybody's like their light light exists sound exists all this stuff exists now now matter exists going down with any of these archetypes that go into the darkness so that you can shed whatever it is you need to shed. A lot of the time, it's a lot of ego death, a lot of attachment Mm. to our identities. And then we become reborn every single time we do this into a new version of us. So to become acquainted with the divine feminine is to be acquainted with the darkness and not the evil darkness, which is obviously, I think your followers probably know how twisted that has become. Darkness Mm. is not evil. It is feminine. (laughs) No wonder why (laughs) it's been made evil. Yeah. It's all linked together. Mm -hmm. So to begin would be to self-inquire. So above the, the temple where the oracles of Delphi lived and worked, it said, know thyself and thou shall know the universe. So that above the temple door, and that is a temple of 
originally of the priestess. It wasn't a, a masculine temple. It became a temple of Apollo, but it originally was not. The feminine knows this. So if you know yourself, you can know the universe, know every part of yourself. And so what happens is every time you shed a layer or you go deeper within, everything in the world has a different dimension to it. So you may see something one day as very superficial. You do this process. The next time you look at this thing, it has a whole different layer to it. And it's very, you can't, there's not a lot of words to describe that, but it's every time you, maybe you pick up the Bible again, the Bible will say something completely different, but also still says the same thing you read a year ago, Mm -hmm. whatever it is. There's so many layers of wisdom hidden behind a veil. Everything has that. So the deeper you go into yourself, the more starts to blossom from everything. Everything has more meaning, drastically more meaning the more you know yourself. Mm. I love this yeah. because <laughs> A, of course, I love the suggestion of going into the underworld, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it just makes me think of like even the conversation I recently had with one of my guests, Walter, and he was talking about, he was raised Catholic. Um, he is a very, he's Scorpio. So he's very like yeah. <laughs> into the esoteric and has taken his knowledge that he was raised as Catholic and like re re-looked at the, the Bible, re-looked at the scripture, re-looked at everything mm-hmm. and found through his own, you know, studies of self found that, that, the true meaning behind each line is so much deeper than they're, they're, they're told. Yes. Right. I don't, I don't know if you saw what I posted last night about the Lord's prayer. I did. Uh, and, and these are all in my stories. So by the time people hear it, I did save them into um, my highlights. So if you want to see Perfect. it, the Lord's prayer was not in, was not spoken in Greek, which then was translated into English, right. It was spoken in Aramaic. And that is a vibrational language. It's a contextual language. It's not so uh, English is pretty patriarchal for a language because it's Mm. very like A, B, C, D, E, like very linear. Not a lot of guessing that goes into like when you speak in English, there's a specific word for it. And there's, you know, in Aramaic, one sound means so many things. And so the Lord's prayer really isn't Jesus just saying, here's how to pray, pray this thing. It's here's how to pray. Here's how, let me show you how, because it is a map of opening up the chakras. Wow. It starts, it's amazing. So it's like, it, you can't make the, I don't know, you can't make it up and you can't find it if you don't go deep enough, right? You can't, right. you don't, you don't recognize these things. So I, I agree. I agree with Voltaire. It's, mm. it's amazing what kind of stuff gets brought up when you start to go into the darkness. Right. Mm-hmm. And it even makes me think about how, I mean, uh, religion was never something for me. I was not raised religious at all. Um, it never there was like a, a peak I'm interested in the history of religion mm-hmm. you know and the um, yeah. yeah I'm interested in the 
convolution of it and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but as I go deeper into myself, I witness the uh, my interest in how it's been used as a tool to actually keep humanity down. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think it, I I believe Jesus possibly was maybe a Messiah, maybe an energy, maybe a soul from another world come down to like deliver information, anything in that realm. And mm-hmm. what he said, I believe was actually probably beautiful and good. And then it was turned into something new. And I think about how, like in the, I think it's the King James Bible was shifted to, to put in things like thou shalt not suffer a witch to live and mm-hmm. things. Th- these were never part of the teachings of Jesus. You know what I mean? And I, I ponder on the Bible, like the, 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 tra- the translations yeah. as well are the translations um, bias, human bias. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that like, I, like I just said, there is transliterations for everything there I mean one one vocalization in Aramaic means like 17 different concepts in English by the time you and I made that number up but it's just like I know what you mean (laughs) there it's um it's contextual and if you start to translate it by the word and not by the concept you automatically get like just for example in the Lord's Prayer the first word is abwoon it's A-B-W-O-O-N. Ab is father. It's it's our father down he- he- over there in heaven, you know, whatever they say. I don't, I don't pray that prayer. So uh, I don't even know it. But A-B is father, but W-O-O-N is womb. It, hmm. means, it means ultimate birther. Hmm. It means birther is probably one of the better, better versions of that. But because it starts with a b we just say it's father really immediately it becomes patriarchal wow when in reality it's really saying the womb that held it all and the spark that made it become alive the ultimate like masculine feminine marriage yeah the creator is the creator Mm -hmm. like it's like saying source like wow saying source yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yep wow ultimate birther birther like and also birthers are are usually the one with the womb right yeah (laughs) yeah and that's exactly what my brain went there is like okay yeah you said father but then you said womb so I'm thinking like it's both of them and the union of them Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. wow it's just our father our father off planet by the way over there in heaven but what the prayer is telling you, and what of many of the the I'm losing the word right now, the other the apocryphal that Jesus has said is like the kingdom of heaven's within you. Hmm. Like it, it's in so when you say our father, like in heaven, you know, like <laughs> it immediately makes an off-planet God, not a God that's within you. Right. And it makes it a masculine God. Right. And there's such a a war around teaching people that that God is not within them, right? You know, it's been Mm -hmm. for thousands of years and it'll be interesting to see what happens when Saturn moves into Pisces because Mm. so many people are waking up because so many people are seeing like we are God's source, right? Um, I, I 
posted something that was a great reference to sex the other day of like, um, when you have sex with your partner, you scream out, Oh God. Right. Yeah. And that video, I was like, damn, like, yeah, we are in divine connection when we are in like an orgasmic experience. Definitely. It brings us to our divinity, which we are God, which we are created from that divine experience. And so mm-hmm. while wow, we have been kept down, like, wow, we yes. have been taught to play small. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have been taught to not give any reverence to the right side of our brain, right? Which is intuition, creativity, love, all of these defined feminine things. We've just yeah. been like, no, those don't, those aren't valued in this society. Mm-hmm. Don't even turn them on. If yeah. you have intuition, you're automatically wrong. So make sure you second guess yourself. Yeah. All you, if you invoke the divine feminine into your life, you automatically start turning on parts of your brain that were, have been like conditioned to not work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This goes and for men too. It does. For- it does. Mm-hmm. Cause we have it all within all of us. We have both channels mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it is like crazy how we're taught not to trust our intuition. Like when I think back on my life and all the red flags that were like within me and I was like, nope, you do what's, what's yes. <laughs> in your left, your left brain. Right. Like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. it makes sense to take out crazy debt to go to school for something you don't know you want to do. And sure. It mm-hmm. makes sense to get this car loan for a car you really don't need, but you want a nicer one. And like mm-hmm. all these things where my intuition was like, no, no, no. Um, and then we lean into the divine feminine and she's like, Hey, don't turn that way when you're driving. And you're like, and she oh, doesn't okay. use words. No, the feeling words are masculine. Masculine. Oh, so they're always things that are, you can't explain. So immediately <sighs> if you can't explain it, then nobody's going to believe you. Yep. And then, you know, you're just wrong. It's all of those gut feelings that you can't explain or really put words to that's why when you have a mystical experience to be a mystic is the one that can actually fucking translate it Mm. because it never happens in a way that you have words for right that makes me think of when my oma passed in 2020 it was march 4th so it was still pretty cold here right um and so i'm sitting out on my deck it happened to just be a sunny day I think it was the day after. So we're at the start of March, damn cold. And one of my symbols for my Oma before she passed or anything was hummingbirds. Um, oh. Hummingbirds would just like flock to her house. Like they were just always hummingbirds. It's just the thing where I was like her and hummingbirds. Right. And I'm sitting there, it's, it's cold out, but it's sunny. And this hummingbird comes in the middle of winter and goes right beside my head and just hovers. And you know, hummingbirds, they don't just sit in the air and stay, right? Like they are moving. This one just stayed there for about two minutes and just hovered and just hummed. And I just sat there being like, I'm going to cry right now talking about it, but I just like bawled being like, hi, like, yeah. Right. Unexplainable. She's right there, but nothing in the masculine uh, left brain part of me would have seen that without my divine feminine channel to accept right. that, that, that you wouldn't even notice it, right. I wouldn't, I'd be like, Oh, you a hummingbird. Notice. Fascinating. What if are you doing you, here? If you even would have noticed like right. at all that right. it was there. Right. And my divine that, feminine channel was just like, I'm ready for you to come in in whatever form you're going to come. 
-hmm. like just come and don't make, it doesn't need to be explainable in any way. And some people not listening to this podcast, but some people would be like, it was just a hummingbird Vika. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas yep. I'm like, oh. rationalize it away. Yep. <sighs> and I, and I want to like point out too, this is exactly why astrology is also very, very important here. Like it got kind of lumped in with masculine things event, like back in the day. Right. And the interpretation of it is feminine without mm. you can't interpret really without it because you pull from so many different sources so many different styles and you put it together in a uh you it's like a painting mm. you're taking different paints and different colors different brushes and mixing it together to make meaning yeah. right yeah that's and exactly to, what it is yeah. And it, to, to be in your divine feminine, it, like, and it's also very important too, when you're going into the darkness to have an idea of what your astrology chart is, it, what it looks like and what's happening with your transits as well. And yeah. oh know, my it's, God. it's all very, very relevant and important work. Really. It is working with transits has been, I think the most pivotal shift in my life in the last, whatever many years we're on. Um, mm-hmm to be able to see my, my dark moments where I'm like, Oh, that's going to be a dark moment. Right. Mm-hmm. And not be afraid. Right. Like yeah. even the shit, of, the shit I'm sharing about now, like I knew this was coming in my, my relationships, my partnerships, my marriage. I knew that mm-hmm. something was going to rock. I got Uranus in the seventh house right now. And now I've got the nodes moving through my first house and my seventh house. I'm like, I knew this was coming if I hadn't known that there would be a shift mm-hmm. in this area of my life, I probably would be like in the bathtub sobbing, evanescent style, Seriously. like makeup. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there is nothing worse than a surprise shadow, like yeah. a surprise pothole where you're like, ah, I just like got thrown in into the, the manhole of that is my life. Right. The, to know it's coming or to induce it yourself mm-hmm. is what your power is. It's yeah. you're, you're, you're in control in some way of like getting the rug pulled out from under you is never fun. Right. No. And then you, you have no tools to handle it. And so right. you're, but you're in the hole and you're like, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? I have no tools. So learning the tools ahead of time <laughs> is the way through it. Right. Mm. Yeah. So it is really important part of design feminine work for sure. Yeah. And I love that you weave so much together, like, because you have your astrological knowledge, which is quite vast. And then you have your, your priestess knowledge, your goddess knowledge, your this, the divine feminine, the divine masculine. And then you just like you, it's a tapestry with you, yeah. right? It's not just like, I'm going to teach you the priestesshood. It's not just that it's like that with all these other layers, with all the other pieces to bring it into your body and make it like something make you can use here on earth. Yeah. Make mm-hmm. it real. Virgo, Virgo moon, make it real, right? <laughs> make it real, make it pure, make it work. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. If it's not working, what was that thing I posted the other day where it's like, uh, doesn't want to do any work unless it's not to, to serve her divine service or something like that. Right. Oh, yep. Yep. Yeah. Make exactly. it work or you're not doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, ma'am. And they're uh, a part of the last thing here is the in the book I'm channeling, they're channeling the goddess laws through me, which is astrologically based. Stop. So one, yeah, it is, and I'm so I'm so excited. I don't even know what I'm gonna do with it, but I'm so what? excited. <laughs> um, it started one night where like twelve goddesses kept me up. Well, actually, there were thirteen of them, and they were like, "We're so fucking tired of not being involved in astrology." They were like going at it, so and they all assigned themselves a place in the astral astrology wheel, including. A fucus, which I was like, seriously, because I'm gonna get murdered for this one because astrologers don't like a fucus, right? And and so what they were saying is it's not actually about the astrology and the wheel, it is about the pathways to the heart. So if each chakra is involved from one through seven, that's Aries through Libra, each chakra is assigned to one of those in, in this way that I teach it that pathways from each chakra to the heart are the other five, six, because we're counting of fucus now. And so each one of those pathways to the heart gets blocked and the way to clear it is through whatever sign is associated with that thing. Hmm. And in order to be a powerful creator, be the priestess of your life, be the, the invoke the goddess, that kind of thing, your heart has to be open. The pathways to all the chakras talking to your heart has to be open because patriarchy is from the head, matriarchy mm. is from the heart. And so we all need to drop into our hearts, but we can't because of the different, like, let's just say shame, right? Shame will block, will block your second ch- chakra from your heart. Right. And so what do you do about that? How do you get, how do you, I don't want to say clear because you never want to purge anything that's that's yours because it still is yours and you have to love it. But how do you love it clear? Mm, right? Clear channel. Yeah. Yeah. And then you become that tor. It's called Taurus, tor- but not a Taurus. Like I know what you're talking about the Taurus the, um, spinning my, my like the, the energy the field. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah. Yes. So like your chakras are cool and they are great and you need them. But that's only one part of the flow. The rest of mm. the flow has to be feminine and kind of like all over the place, right? The, wow. the in that goes out and the up that goes around. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Then we just like arrive at sound healing and like all, all that yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes. It opens up a doorway to lots of different things. So, okay. This is so good. I could do this forever, but I know. we won't do but... it forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. So tell my people how they can work with you, how they can find you, how they can go deeper into this esoteric box of magic, like oh, your, pan- your oh, Pandora. I, I, oh, I'm, oh, I love that. Thank you. Oh, man. Um, you can go to Instagram. There's a lot of information there. It's I'm Nikki White underscore, or you can go to my website, which is NikkiWhite.com. Easy peasy easy peasy. I love it. Okay. And are you, is there, 
like any way they can work with you right now, sessions, what, what are you, what are you holding space for right now? What am I holding space for right now? Um, one-on-one sessions. Absolutely. Um, and they're so good guys. They're so good. Mika did one. Oh yeah, my gosh. Some activations there. <laughs> and you know, it sounds magical, but it really is just so like, just come sit and talk and we, yeah. we, we find the points, something channels and, and we get there and we, we create the shift really. Yeah. Um, I have some, I really love my chakra laws class because that will actually set up the goddess laws. So if that mm. sounded um, good to you, the chakra laws class, which you'll find, you know, on my website um, is one of the, the good ones. And there's just, the, there's a whole, you can go to the programs part and there's like a whole slew of things that you can dig into. And uh, yeah, mm, always ask so questions. Cause if you ask questions, I can. Yeah. I can always make something for you there. Amazing. Uh, just, just, yeah. If you guys are interested in a reading with her, it is very, it is esoteric in the sense of like, there's no structure at the beginning, but God, what you end up with. And you mentioned in the beginning being an activator and that's exactly what happened in our session. It was like, all this shit was coming through for me, but it wasn't, it was like, you also mentioned something about like, um, not puzzle pieces, but like the connection point is like, and when mm-hmm. we had our session, it's like you activated the things that were already coming into me and then gave them form almost. We wove it together, right? Yeah. We did the weaving thing. Mm-hmm. We took all the pieces and we found where the knot is supposed to go. Yeah. And that's really where mm-hmm. like the abundance codes had already been downloaded. And mm-hmm. then we had our session and something clicked and it was like, like, put yeah. it on paper. We cle- like, we, okay. Yeah. We cleared that pathway for yeah. everything was sitting in you already. You're like what, what they say, um, in your, your bank account, right. It was already in your spiritual bank account. You had already yeah. like brought it in, but you couldn't access the bank account. Yeah. And you right. helped me access and the bank just- account. You I gave me like it. the pin code. And, oh my yeah. God, so good. Um, so highly suggest, highly yeah. suggest working with Nikki. Um, Thank you so much for sharing your energy. Whew. Thank you for having me. This is so fun for me. I love this. I love this. And I love you. And I think this love is so you. amazing. Everything you do. Mm, melt my heart. I'm just going to go cry mm. in a corner. <laughs> 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 oh, okay. I will put all of her information in the show notes for you guys to connect in, to find her, just go and just listen, like watch her stories and your mind will be activated. Like your soul will be activated. Uh, Thank you so much, Nikki. Thank you. Thank you.